<clears throat> Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm Sean from You, Me and BPD and uh, we, we've just got bigger. <laughs> so, uh, Leanne, how are you? How was it going? Yeah, not too bad. Stuck here in Australia in lockdown, but yeah, things are going well. How's the lockdown going? Yeah, it's not too bad, actually. We've only got a seven-day lockdown, so I think we're in day four now. Um, but it seems to be working. Um, we've only got one case per day now. So, yeah, we're just sticking it out, doing the right thing, keeping everyone safe. Yeah, I think uh, I think in Ireland we're about 1,300 cases per day now. Wow. <laughs> we're, giving it, we're giving it as much as we can. <laughs> Yeah, we've never had those numbers ever. I think the most we've had in my city is about 400. So see, um, we've done really well. <laughs> the only reason you don't have large numbers is because Australia is an island. Mm. See, in Ireland, well, we're an island too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that didn't work, did it? <laughs> it kind of makes you wonder, you know. I think we're just fucking mental in Ireland. That's the problem. Um, mm. So listen, um, I'm not going to introduce you. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Do you want to tell me a bit about yourself? Um, oh, this is like the worst question. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, 32-year-old uh, living in Australia, mum of two, and diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Woohoo! Part of the team, part of the community. <laughs> I love when I hear people have been diagnosed with personality disorder. Now, I'm not going to pretend we don't know each other. We've been chatting mm. for a couple of months. So um, I'm delighted you're on the podcast because you didn't want to do it. <laughs> no, I definitely did not. But here we are. You've convinced me. And it's, it's for the greater good. It's for the community. Um, it's another perspective. Maybe from a female's point of view um, of how I deal with it, what I've done, you know, to sort of ease my symptoms as well. So, yeah, yeah. You started listening to the podcast and you you said you enjoyed it. And yeah. you realised then that I'm useless at social media. <laughs> and uh, so you, uh, Brianne basically asked me would I do an Instagram account, which I'm still scratching my head because I'm no good at this stuff. Um, so, yeah, I suggest. And Brianne now is actually you're It's weird to say this part of you, me and BPD, but I, I think it's great because I always knew that you, me and BPD was going to be someone else. That's why I called it you, me and BPD rather than anything else. I always I always wanted something that would be bigger than me. Even the podcast, I call it the pod. See, there you go. I call it the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't call it my podcast I call it dead podcast because I want the podcast to be an information it's, it's something that people with BPD can literally have that there's no money involved there's no um, selling stuff there's no click here and buy this or buy my fucking merchandise you wouldn't want to buy this t-shirt holy <laughs> <laughs> sweat <laughs> I was saying like, I got up this morning um, you know, I get up this morning at half five. It's the top, whatever's on the top of wardrobe, and this was on the top. And I took it out and, and I put it on, and I was like, "Going, it's not exactly your nicest." I have lots of nice T-shirts, and but mm. I, said, you know, this is 
but this is me, really. This is me. This is, mm. I could come on here. I think I have a jumper somewhere here. It's a really fucking nice jumper. <laughs> and it's really well, but that's not me. Like, it looks really yeah. well. It's not who I am. This is kind of what you get in the real version. You know, whatever's on the top, mm. whatever's on the top of the wardrobe, that's what I'm wearing. Um, but anyway, never mind about my clothes. Mm. Hey, look, you, uh, you, you've come on, you've come on um, and you're helping me. You're, when I say you're helping me with the Instagram account, basically you're doing a fucking great job, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I never even understood what Instagram was or how it worked or anything like that. And I'm still not great. And, um, you know, you're taking what I love is this. And I'll be honest, you're taking you're listening to my podcast and then you're 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 trying to word it out as best you can. And and Brianne words like shit, the amount of time you take, you you listen to the podcast, you word it out for me, and I go, I just like a bollocks go, yeah, that's grand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, you're using all my words, which I, I do appreciate. But like and the time you're taking to do this, I really appreciate because I would never. I'd never do Instagram. I'd never, um, yeah, I'd never do stuff so, because I can't figure it out. I can't figure stuff like that out. <laughs> so, thank I can shite talk all day long. <laughs> but, uh, Instagram and stuff like that, I, I'm awkward around. Yeah. So I want to say thanks. Thanks very much. Um, no, you're more than welcome. It's it's my pleasure and my honour to be a part of the community. And if I can help out by doing some pretty posts and putting <laughs> your shot, looking into some sort of context to then, you know, help others, then yeah, it's it's no problem. My pleasure. <laughs> I think good because we. That's what I want this to grow where it is a community where it's not mm. something that people are helping. People with BPD are going to be helping people with BPD. Mm. Simple as, uh, you know, no money, no nothing, no subscriptions, mm. anything like this. It's just, do you have any little tips that you live in your daily life and mm. can you share them with me? Because that's what life is about. <laughs> and somehow, for some fucking reason, maybe we're from a different planet and we got landed here. Nobody's <laughs> out. It's like, I don't get you. I don't get you. Why are you so emotional? And we're like, I don't know why I'm so emotional, but can you not figure me out? And I was I was getting frustrated this years ago going, nobody gets us. Mm. Anyone that did get us made a fortune off it. <laughs> is all I'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Anyone, I know. That, anyone that did get us you know, kind of capitalized and it went, hmm, I could make money out of this. Um, and, it, you know, so I kind of want to do this, hopefully do something different where it's free, where it's not like you have to spend money, you know. Yeah. And chatting to people with BPD who actually live yeah. it on a daily basis. You live BPD on a daily basis. I live it on a daily basis. And I think that's more important because it's coming from people who actually have BPD, you know? Yeah. So um, on the Instagram account, you... Uh, yes. Yes, we <laughs> said we'd ask uh, for people if they had any questions. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, this morning then, like it's my morning time here in Ireland, it's uh, 7.39am and it's your afternoon, I'd imagine. In yeah, 4pm 4, 4 here, so. So from the future. <laughs> we are in the future, look out. <laughs> um, so when you sent but me yeah, the can we yeah. get started with these questions? Yeah, yeah, because. Um, That's why we're here. <laughs> we're here, so. I suppose, yeah. Um, by the way, it's, all, it's always water. This is kind of becoming a trademark. Mm. <laughs> water. So go on. I, I right. have a question. All right, Sean. Uh, what are your experiences living with BPD? Uh, oh, what are my experiences with living with it? Yeah. Well, you know, in the beginning, it's a nightmare, isn't it? It is a nightmare mm-hmm. in the beginning because nobody gets you. Nobody understands you. You're a nightmare to everyone around you because, you know, one of the most, one of the best quotes I ever heard in my life was from a man that I used to work with. And he really, he nailed it for me. And this is in relation to the answer with me. He said, give your children attention because they will get attention one way or another. And it really sunk home with me going, he was basically saying, if you don't give your children attention and learn about them, they will Mm. get attention. And if you look at anyone with BPD, nobody Mm. knows about us, so we get attention. And it's never (laughs) in a fucking positive way, is it? Um, So that taught me a lot that if I don't learn about myself, if I don't actually learn about who I am as a person, what Mm. upsets me, what triggers me, what uh, does all these things. If I don't learn that, I'm constantly be going, I'm constantly going to be getting attention, but in a very negative way. So in the past. I was um, chaotic, if I'm being honest, like my my brain was uh, all the time. And um, mm. yeah, I got attention, but I didn't get it in a correct way. I got it in a very destructive, um, mm. non-social way, if I'm being honest. Um, and yeah, I got the attention. I got all mm. the attention. I mean, you couldn't get any more attention if you tried. I didn't enjoy the attention. But, uh, yeah. So um, <laughs> BPD for me back then was a nightmare. And yeah. Now... I suppose I'm getting attention this way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A little bit more positive, I hope. Um, Yeah, I suppose I never thought of that. This is a kind of a different way of getting attention. Um, So it's hopefully a more positive way where I'm actually, instead of being chaotic, I'm trying to help people. So Mm. I I think what's what's BPD like for me is it's very important to learn about yourself. We're not all the same. Mm. We're completely different than I am. I think is it 254 or something different ways? Yeah. Something like that. So, I mean, there's a huge spectrum of people that are like us. Mm. So, yeah, I think the most fundamental thing is to learn about yourself. Yeah. And I think it's definitely um, my experiences with BPD before I was diagnosed yeah. <laughs> and after are completely different. So before it's, 
you know, you're getting angry, you're, you know, shouting out at people, like, and you're just, I think for me, I was just confused a lot. Like, why do I get so upset about these things? Why can't I control my emotions when, you know, something so little would just set me off and I'd be, you know, <laughs> yelling at everybody. Airports were my thing. Um, before I was diagnosed, <laughs> do not ever get on a plane with me because it was just too many set like sensory, like going off. And then my mum used to always take 10 hours to get her bloody passports. We'd get to the front of the line and she'd have to hold on to the passports. Um, and then she'd spend, you know, 10 minutes getting them out and I just couldn't cope. And that was always my breakdowns. <laughs> We're at the front of the line, checking in the luggage um, at the airport. So, yeah, definitely my experiences before because I'd, I'd then go on a rampage and start yelling and screaming and all that sort of stuff. And then after that, then I'd go into this emotional dip. So I'd start crying. And then after that, you've calmed down, your emotions are, you know, levelled out. And then for me, like, forget some of the stuff that I'd said. So then I'm having to apologise for something that I don't even know that what I've said and what I'm apologising for, but I know that I've upset everybody. So you had to kind of do it. So, yeah, definitely my experiences before are different to now. Um, yeah. yeah, I sort of feel that anger coming on now and try and <laughs> do something about it before I explode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like airports, airports are overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, it's in human nature when you see a brand new face to be cautious because you mm. don't know if they're going to hurt you or not. That's human nature. That's across the board. That doesn't mean, I mean, every human when they first, it's why babies kind of can make strange with people. It's, it's, mm. And I mean, an airport is just constant. Yes, mm. new face, new face, new face. And your brain is like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> Too many fucking babies. So of course, and I've got a baby like strapped to my body who's screaming. Everyone's staring at me, like you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. fun. And I, I love, I love it the most. It's like, you know, when you become a parent. The most common thing, like as a parent, is I'm going to be the best fucking mm -hmm. ever. They're going yeah. to do books about me. And then you have a child who's like you going, I'm going to fuck this up for you. <laughs> you know? Yep. You're in a good place. I remember, I remember years ago, like uh, our kids are seven and five now. The twins are five and, and the eldest is seven. And um, the terrible twos, you know, I, I mean, the terrible twos known worldwide. And um, my daughter, when she was in a play park kind of type of thing, fun park, whatever it's called, she wanted a drink. Fine. But my kind of thing is you can have one thing, but you're not having two things because there's no end to children. There is no end. Yeah. So she wanted it. But then she wanted something else. And I said, no. <laughs> so she lost her shit right she absolutely lost her shit and she started screaming and she walked around the tables of the people instead of walking away from everybody she actually walked towards them and around them circled them and then walked to the next table screaming and I mean 
doing this. <laughs> and I was just kind of walking behind her. And um, she walked over into a corner anyway. And, and I just stood there and I knelt down and, you know, I just let her scream and she was screaming at me. And eventually then she burnt out, you know, and mm. I'm over and I gave, you know, I gave her a little hug and I says, it's OK, it's OK, baby. Anyway, this woman came up to me. And she put her hand on her heart and she goes, I wouldn't be embarrassed if I was you. And I said, I'm not. I didn't have a tantrum. <laughs> she did. Right. And she looked at me. I was like going. Why the fuck are you coming up to me? Like, I like, you know, what the fuck are you doing coming up to me? I wouldn't be embarrassed if I was you. I'm not embarrassed. I didn't have a tantrum. She did. You know, just two years of age. You have the best responses. The best responses. You're so on it. Like. The world in black and white. Um, like, to me, that's what a two-year-old is supposed to do. Like, another time, yeah. another time, you know, um, in the same place, my eldest was only about two, and and this woman had her twins. We didn't have the twins at this stage, but she had her twins in, and they were playing. And the two of them ganged up, and they hit my daughter, right? <laughs> One nearly died. <laughs> and she just had this wide eye looking at me because there was only two of us, you know, mm. and our, our kids were on the bouncing castle. And she just looked at me, and she goes, I am so sorry. I said, for what? Because they're my children. I said, but what are you sorry for them? They're mm. hitting your daughter. I said, yeah. How old are your children? And she goes, they're two. I said, so is mine. My mine is two as well. Mm. Kind of wouldn't expect anything different from them at this age, would you? <laughs> so yeah. like, no. <laughs> they're two years of age. What do you expect? Sitting down reading James Joyce in the corner with Ulysses. <laughs> <laughs> I just look at kids and go, but sure, that's the age to rash. I mean, mm-hmm. I would freak out if my children were reading in a corner. I go, get mm. up, get up and fucking kill each other now, will you? Get up and kill each other. <laughs> Don't be reading them books. You're not supposed to be reading that shit until you're 10, 11, and 12, or whatever age. You know the type of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of look at, I don't know whether it's, I don't know whether it's the gift of BPD, but I look at things as black mm-hmm. and white. And people think I'm rude, but that's the only way I look at it. It's not, I'm not being over, like, yeah, I was being a bit smart when you want, don't fucking come up to me as a parent and tell me it's okay. <laughs> pretend you didn't hear it like I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I see someone screaming in a shopping center, I don't even look at the parents. I just go, look, get on with my day. I don't even try and acknowledge, hey, it's okay, you know, ah, you're poor, like, Fuck off, you know. <laughs> the parents are trying to deal with a child that's screaming. They don't need other parents coming up to them. You know the type of way. So yeah, that's a bit of a ramble. Have you any more? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm getting a bit off topic here. Like, yeah, let's get back hours. to these, <laughs> these questions. All right. What are or were your biggest struggles <laughs> living with BPD? Oh, intrusive thoughts. Yeah, and mm. feeling worthless. Um, All yeah. right, well, that feeds into another question, so let's do that as well. Um, how do you sort of get these intrusive thoughts out of your head? What are your strategies, coping mechanisms, that sort of stuff? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, scratch the back of the head for this one. Um, so, <laughs> right, okay, I have intrusive thoughts. What, what was what the What do you do? Part? So, an intrusive oh. thought comes into your head. This is your biggest struggle. What do you do to get it out? Oh, no, I don't know anymore. I don't. No, I don't mm-hmm. try. Yeah, I used to try and get the intrusive thoughts out of my head. Yeah. So they'd come in. Yeah. You know, not like, just think now, you know, I do all the say, don't tell me the questions, and then my head goes, Yeah, here we go. Put him on the spot. It doesn't matter. Right? Um, right, okay. So I'll give you the before version years ago. Yeah. yeah. So years ago, I get an intrusive thought in my head, and it'd be like, Oh, you're able to do this, this, and this. And it's generally, mm. I come from a violent background, it's generally chopping people up and shit like that. <laughs> fucking, yeah, really violent. Um, the Saw films type of fucking shit, you know. Uh, Rage, and I never picked up on that. I'd be a millionaire now if I had them films. Um, but a similar, similar type of thing. Anyway, I would get really offended. Like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm not that person. Please stop. And it's like a bully thought mm. in your head, going, "You're an evil <laughs> bastard. You're an evil bastard." Like, please, please stop. And you're fucking. So then, of course, you drink, don't you? You fucking drink. Yeah. I know what I'm going to do with you. I'm going to fucking drown you, you fucker. So you drink the shit out of it. Hoping he'll kind of drown. And Mm. generally he does to a point. Because you're just getting that drink in as quickly as possible. (laughs) Then it's going, oh, this is going to be great. He'll be gone. Not realizing you're actually removing all of you (laughs) and leaving yourself with him. (laughs) With that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he's there going, This is going to be great in a couple of minutes. In a well, with me, it'd be about two hours. In about two hours, I'm gonna have full control and I'm just gonna do whatever I want, which generally wasn't really social. Mm. Uh, so that was years ago. Uh, the intrusive thoughts have come in, and I, I now I suppose I didn't drink every day, so I did drink. I was looking so much forward to the weekend, so I mm. could. Um, during the week, I would eat a lot of sweets um, binge, 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 binge. When the intrusive thoughts come in, I just eat, 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 just trying to get that chocolate crisp chips, as you call them, you know, fix just to feel a little bit happy. Um, again, then I'd eat too much, get overwhelmed because my body is trying to process junk food and I'd end up antisocial because there's no nutrients in junk food, is there? <laughs> So every every kind of fucking thing I did led to me having a meltdown. Mm. Now today, right? Love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> I, I still cycle once a month. Um, I still cycle, which I love. Like once a month, minimum. <coughs> Excuse me. Once a month, minimum. I can feel a negative cycle coming on once a month. And um, I love it now. I really do. I go, oh, here it comes. I'm going to feel like shit now for a few days. And my brain is like, fuck you, fuck you. I'm going to really fucking hit you hard this time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, come on. You have to get into the ring, though. Come on into the ring. <laughs> and, um, my brain is like getting into the ring. And it's like, hey, what's the thing of this now? And I'm like, you know, I'll give you an example. Now my brain will go, oh, you could fucking throw that person off the bridge and into the Shannon. Mm. Yeah, I could into the river Shannon. 
But if I stayed mm. all here, I could throw everyone off the bridge. It would be fantastic. <laughs> My brain would be like, what? Yeah, yeah. Why, why, why stop with one person when I could throw mm. everyone off the bridge and into the Shannon? The only thing is, I'd be pretty tired at the end of the day and probably end up in jail, throwing an awful lot of people into the Shannon. <laughs> then we'd be in jail, me and you. You'd be raging because you don't like confined spaces. <laughs> well for you. I'd love it because I like being on my <laughs> own. And with you because I do love you because you're my brain. And I just have a laugh. Like now when I get an intrusive talk, I completely go with it. If my brain goes... um. You're a terrible parent. Never was. I didn't realize I was trying to be a good parent. Mm. You know, it's not like, oh, my God. Yeah. Am I, am I a terrible parent? <laughs> you done this the other day. I know I was trying to do it worse, but did you get in the way? Did you stop me? Like, I was really going to go fucking full on there. But like, did you stop me? You, and I got like, you wouldn't have stopped me because like you're the more yeah. you're the more prick side of my brain. So you wouldn't have stopped me. Why didn't you let me fully go? So I laugh <laughs> completely at all my intrusive thoughts now. Mm. Completely. Like there's, even if I'm tired, right? Because I've, I've monitored this as well. Even if I'm tired and, you know, when you get tired, your brain's going, I'm going to get you. Yes. <laughs> oh, even when I'm tired, I, my brain goes, I'm going to get you now. No, you're not because I'm going to sleep. Mm. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, good luck, everyone. I have a plan for that too, you know. So I, I go to bed. If I'm, if, like, you know, I was chatting to a fella yesterday, and uh, we're chatting away. And this is what I love. Like, you know, as as I was chatting to you, if you had to, if you had to choose between the podcast or chatting to people behind the scenes that nobody knows about, I'd give up the podcast. Simple as. Mm. I love chatting to people. I love it. I love when you're chatting to a human being and you're chatting away and you figure life out. But I was chatting to him and like when I got home yesterday from work, finished on a Saturday, I'm pretty tired at the end of the week. You're breathing in. Mm. I'm in a toxic environment. I'm breathing in. Mm. It's toxic environment, breathing in vapors all week. And I'm, I'm pretty, I was at like, I was pretty tired, but I, I said to him, I do nothing now for the evening. Like mm. I not, I won't do any, like I'm doing the shopping, the food shopping later on this morning. You know, if my wife said, would you do the shopping today? No, because I, I know mm. I don't have the energy for the shopping and handle the kids or whatever else I have to deal with. Mm. So I know I've only enough energy to handle the kids and I'm not going to use that by doing the shopping. Because then I'd react to them in a negative way. So I know I'm very aware of myself these days going, you've only enough energy to do the children. So then I do nothing. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I suppose I'm mindful of that. You know, the type of way to make sure that. Because, you know, as I said to that lad yesterday, it's not that I'm cured. I'm always ready for a meltdown if I don't respect my mind. Mm. I think people with BPD, they want their mind to go. They want their yeah. mind. I, I want this mind which can produce <laughs> intrusive thoughts to be gone. Whereas I still get the intrusive thoughts I find funny. Um, I still get all of the BPD symptoms as in 
I still feel rage completely. I still feel love completely. And I still feel sadness completely. I'm just less reactive, I suppose. You can control, figure out where it is at, stop it there until it, so it doesn't escalate. See where my energy, if my energy is pretty low, I go to bed. Um, yeah. I'm agitated. Um, I, I have a nice warm drink. Warm drink. The thing about eat, drink and a warm drink is it actually settles your stomach. Mm. Warm drink. Scientifically proven, if you give two people a cold drink and a warm drink, the person drinking the cold drink will make harsh decisions. The person drinking the warm drink will make kind decisions. Yeah, so, isn't that interesting? I'm just kind of mindful of these little things that I've learned along the way. So if I'm having a hard day, I'll have a nice warm cup of tea, you know? I think for me, um, my intrusive thoughts have always been around, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. You know, this comes from relationships in the past where I have been told, I have been gaslighted that, I'm not worthy of being a person. So, you know, when you, I was getting into those moments, that's what would creep in. I don't um, really have images of me like thoughts of, you know, hurting people. It's For I me, it's know. all negative, you know, thoughts about myself as a person. I'm not a good mom. you know, I'm never going to be loved. I'm unlovable and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, definitely I have different techniques I think I'm still in the early stages after my diagnosis and my you know recoveries so for me it's they do come in pretty pretty hard and strong but you know I need to do snap things in that in that moment so you know if they come in I feel anxious get out go for a run that quick you know switching to something really quickly exercise is a great thing for this hence why it's one of the fundamentals um, but pretty much instantly, if I if I'm feeling really crap and all these thoughts are coming into my head and the anxiety is building up, you know, to the point that I'm going to start hyperventilating, bang, pull over the car wherever I am, find an oval and start running. And that's been hugely successful for me, um, and it's beneficial as well for your health. So yeah. yeah, mine are very when they come in quickly do something. Um, I also had issues, you know, going to bed because, you know, there's that time that you're stuck there with your thoughts <laughs> and everything in the whole day and your whole entire lifetime decides to come in at that moment and let you think about it. So, you know, for me going to bed, I'll put on an audio book or something and set the timer on and go off to sleep with that or, you know, put on relaxing music um, or, you know, meditation, listen to some voice meditation. So, you know, your thoughts are going and you're concentrating on something else and then you can actually relax, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and mm. all of these things become habit in time. Mm. And, and by the yeah. way, I'm going to say this. I've always said on my podcast, <coughs> if anyone has a better name for the four things I do, Come up with it without knowing it, you've done it because someone said to me the other day, a friend of mine, he says to me, um, when did you call you never called your see, I don't even know what to call it. You never called it four fundamentals. Fundamentals. Yeah, I says no, I've but I did always say if anyone has a better uh, a better way of saying it, 
So yeah, there you go. What you don't realize, Sean, is that in your previous podcast, you actually you named them as fundamentals. This Did is not me. Yes, <laughs> you use the word fundamental a lot. So you think that I'm this big yeah. brainy person, but I'm actually not. I I feel like my purpose in this journey is to grab on to everything that you've learned and all of that, your experiences and what you're telling people in the podcast and I hold on to that, grab onto it, and then I spill it out onto the pages through Instagram. So um, I didn't while you're not great at writing things down, <laughs> you're good at talking, shite. <laughs> so I listen to that shite and then yeah. that's where I get all the content to then, you know, pass it on to everyone else. So, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. as much as I take credit, it's actually, it's not me. It's I, all I, you. I, I can't remember saying that, if I'm being honest. But either way, uh, we, we'll take the credit. We'll take the credit. Uh, all right, let's move on to another question here. We're getting a bit off track. <laughs> all right, so how did you get diagnosed with BPD? How did you feel after you were diagnosed? Um, and have you ever been misdiagnosed with any other mental illness um um so i got diagnosed right. in 2009 mm. i i slipped my wrist and i ended up in hospital and from hospital to a mental hospital and there from to therapy now i have to say they were brilliant um i wasn't diagnosed until i think 2011 as far as mm. i remember <clears throat> because i taught adhd so I kept buying books on ADHD. And um, about two years Our into diagnosis is the best, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And about, about two years into therapy, I said to my therapist, and she was brilliant. She's not was brilliant. She's a brilliant therapist. I said, um, oh, I'm getting a good hold on this ADHD. I'm reading because I was getting stronger. And I was... <laughs> And um, I says, I'm getting a good hold on the ADHD. And she said, who told you you had ADHD? I says, well, I kind of checked it up. That's, I've all the symptoms of ADHD, hyperactive. Mm. Uh, and yeah. she goes, um, well, we, we, we think you have something else. And I says, well, what do I have? And she goes, ah, look, sure, we're treating you. And mm. isn't it going grand? I says, it is, yeah. Sure then, why do you need to worry about it? And that kind of triggered me going, ooh, ooh, there's something else here. And it makes it more mysterious, doesn't it? So I says, well, what do I have? <coughs> Excuse me. And she said, um, we think you have a thing called borderline personality disorder. And I went, that doesn't sound like a great name. <laughs> <laughs> um, like a good name. And so she took out this, the DSM-5 and she goes, look, um, I'll tell you what, this is diagnosed. This is these are the traits for it. And mm. you read them and you tell me how many you have because you know you diagnosed yourself with ADHD. Let's have a see, <laughs> have a look at these. So I was looking down through fear of abandonment. Yeah, had all the mm. eight out of nine. Um, and uh, I went, yeah, yeah, okay, that's it, you know. So I says, will you print that off for me? So she printed it off. And then yeah. I went home and done what everybody does, which is the best possible thing to do. You look up borderline personality disorder. 
and you're there going, oh my God, this is a fucking mm. nightmare. This mm-hmm. is, oh, you are the worst people on the planet. Uh, <laughs> Manipulative, the, like all these words get thrown around. Manipulative, you are destructive, <laughs> you ruin lives. As you're going, yeah. oh, this is going to be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> and I start going, it's going to be a nightmare. Um, and I was like going, how am I going? And then it can't be cured. <clears throat> right. Mm. So I got over. And there's no medication that really actually treats it. Would you believe? No, I was never on medication <laughs> anyway because they wanted mm. to get me. But, mm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to show the hand again because it's becoming famous. There's the hand completely deformed. Don't try this at home. <clears throat> Don't try this at home. I tried it at home. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional. Um, <laughs> Don't try we can it. laugh about it now. <laughs> yeah, don't try this at home. I have two mm-hmm. hands. Um, but yeah, so they tried to medicate me and I didn't want to be medicated because mm-hmm. I had my own business at the time and mm-hmm. I was afraid medication would do something that would make my mind alter and then I'd lose my business. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, no. You know what's wrong mm-hmm. with me, don't you? Yeah. Can you help me to cope? Yeah. We don't need mm-hmm. medication. So anyway... I went in then after that with the, with the, you know, traits. And I just basically worked mm-hmm. on each one of them until I was cured from them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I look at things in black and white. So I looked at, I had eight things to work on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a tiny number. It's not yeah. like 300. It was eight. And I kept working mm-hmm. on them until they were gone. Like, when I left, when I left therapy in 2013, I've never been back since, right? But when I left, I literally couldn't be diagnosed with a mental illness, which was a really yeah. big deal for me. You know, it's like, how can you have something that you don't have? I don't have a fear of abandonment. I don't have uh, explosive anger anymore. You know, mm. um, I don't have um, any of the nine traits. I don't have them anymore how long did it take you to sort of work through the, the eight and the nine to get to you know not having them really so it took me a long time because i didn't know what i know today if mm. it took me a long time i was four years in therapy i'd done two things of dvt um back to back and when I was signed off therapy, I was in a re- like, so going into therapy in 2009, I was at a zero. Um, obviously, trying to kill myself, I was at a zero. I rock mm. bottom, I suppose. Mm. When I left therapy, compared to who I am now, I was about 50%. Yeah. I was really good. Like, I was like from zero mm. to, I was really good. I was still having meltdowns, though. I wasn't, mm. I was still having meltdowns. I was still anxious. Um, so the meltdowns, the meltdowns didn't stop until I started implementing fucking the shit I do now. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So they didn't stop until that because mm. I, I was like, I had all the information in my head, but mm. I didn't realize 
What good is information if you're tired? Mm. What good is information if there's no nutrients in your body to help cope with that information? Because yeah. I, can, I can say now, when you get stressed with anything, physically mm. or mentally get stressed, your body is using its nutrients to deal with that. It's trying to balance the boat. Yeah. You don't have nutrients in you or you're tired. No amount of Zen or no amount of books are going to help you because you're the more tired any person gets today, the more they're going back into their primal brain. Mm. The primal brain is automatic or lizard brain or whatever way people want to look at it. That's just automatic. There is no controlling that. And that is food, pleasure, sex, survival. So if you're thinking of any of them four things, mm. you're slowly slipping away mm. into that brain. <laughs> when you're going, oh, you know, I, I even that I watch today. I watch that. Even if I'm getting, I, I'll give you, I, you know, I'll give you something that I've never said. Even if I'm becoming, say, hypersexual, right? People mm-hmm. PD are hypersexual, you know, put the hands up, we're all like that. Um, because we use a primal brain. So nowadays, if I'm being honest, I'm not as hypersexual. I'm not like, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm not like that anymore, right? I'm not going around craving all the time. I'm not in this state. I need to have sex. Um, whereas years ago I was, I was like constant, not realizing I was just in my primal brain. I didn't realize when you're hypersexual, it's nothing about you. It's your brain is going, have a baby, have a baby. You're going to fucking die. Have a baby. That's all it is. It's like every animal on the planet. When the, If you see animals in the wild, they nearly got it. They'll go over and have sex just to make sure that they're going to pass on the seed. That's all it is. It's a fucking program. Yeah. And we're stuck with it. But I think, for women, I think for women having those sexual thoughts of being promiscuous, it's a really hard thing to deal with because, you know, you are in that sense. Mm. You can't really, you know, handle all your thoughts and then you do these things and then you've got the guilt, you've got the shame and you've got all of that stuff yeah. that then comes after that and then the self-judgment and all of that. Oh, I'm a slut. Like, why am I doing these things? Why am I doing them? So, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't realise all the stuff behind it of, Mm, it's a what pushed you to do these things yeah yeah and I think that's problem. why for me like I got oh, I think I suffered with mental health for like over 10 years I got diagnosed with everything depression anxiety PTSD OCD was one of my diagnoses uh, at one point <laughs> my house is messy so I'm not sure how that happened but it was more over over control um but for me I was never honest with the therapist. So I was going to see them for 10 years here and there and talking about things, but I'd leave half of it out because I was uh, embarrassed um, and I didn't understand why I was doing these things. So I'd only tell them half the story. Um, so, yeah, it got to the point where, yes, I also tried to take my life um, by overdosing with medication in my, you know, my antidepressants, all that kind of stuff. Um, and the mixture that I took um, with alcohol on board, I've no memory of this. But <laughs> going back, reading the notes and talking to the doctor, I sat in the ED in this state, spoke to psychiatrists, 
and was completely honest. For the first time in my whole entire life, I was honest with this psychiatrist. Um, Three days later when I came to, he sat down and he said to me, you know, I I think you have this. Um, You know, you're walking around and, you know, trying to fix everything or be a certain person, but there's a little girl inside of you and she's really hurt and you need to go away and you need to help her, you need to fix her. So... They left a little pamphlet of BPD, like, you know, on your little tray table, like in the hospital. I'm like, I'd never heard of it before. I had no idea. People had thrown, someone tried to tell me I had autism once. So I went to the doctor, "Um, do I have autism? They're like, no, no, Brianna, you don't get autism at 20 years of age. And then I used to get bipolar all the time. Everyone used to think that. But my mood, like... I can be really happy and laughing and then I just drop really, really quickly. Yeah. But then I drop, but then I also bounce back quite quickly. So it didn't really line up with like um with bipolar. So yeah, finally sitting there and being honest, mm. not realizing I was being honest. <laughs> but it was, it's you know, the lowest point of your life. But it's also that's your beginning of your of your healing of your journey. You get the diagnosis and do you know what? You're like, yeah, shit, like, okay, cool. I'm reading all of these things. That's me on a piece of paper. Like every single one of them resonated with me except for I, I don't really dissociate. Well, I didn't think I did, but, <laughs> you know, most of the others were very um, consistent with how I was and my behaviours. So it was like, okay, relief. Like finally I've got, I've got a name for it. This is why I act this way. I'm not a monster. Like mm. my anger, you know, it's there's reason behind it. Um, so you let that sink in and then you're like, oh, shit. Something I'm going to be like this forever. <laughs> and I think that's quite daunting. Um, but, yeah, compared to then to where I am now, it's a huge difference. Um, I've done the therapy. I've done the DBT and... Do you know what? The best thing that I've ever learned and all the great tips and stuff have come from Sean, <laughs> have come from you. Because <laughs> um, it is, it's, you know, if therapists can sit there and, you know, they've got lots of knowledge, but they don't feel what we feel. They don't feel oh. that extreme agony of a broken heart because someone didn't answer your phone call. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's what it is. It's yeah. Or someone cancels their plans late minute and you just think the whole world is crashing down. Like, oh, I can't believe they've done that to me. Yeah. Or the explosive anger. I mean, you know, when I first started listening to the podcast, I've been a therapy, I'm doing all that stuff. And I was having issues at work with my illness starting to creep into my work life. I was always be able to leave it at the door, but I was in a highly stressful situation and dealing with some really difficult characters and it started to creep in. And this one day I actually lost it to one of the stakeholders and he put in a formal complaint and I was like, shit, I've got to get this under control. Like I can't can't be yelling at people at work. And funny enough, the next day I'm driving to work listening to the Yumi BPD um podcast and I think what we were talking about on there was reflection you know you go into these situations you explode and you can't do anything about it then but afterwards step away and have a think about it how you could do it differently next time so you know when you start feeling that anger coming up walk away 
literally remove yourself from that situation um take a deep breath walk around the block come back okay I feel better now you stopped the cycle kind of thing you stopped the anger exploding you just cut it off you know start so that's what I did sure enough (laughs) walked in there I was almost having an argument over a filing system like how stupid but I knew that I was right yeah she was wrong but she just wasn't listening and I was like just got up oh, excuse me I've just I just got to pop out for a second <laughs> and that's what I did yeah. and from that day I have I don't want to say I'm devoted to the podcast but it made a huge difference in my life nice. listening to the podcast saved my job <laughs> you know what I mean and yeah, yeah. it's that little, it's that first step like okay that actually worked oh what more can I do I'm going to listen to a little bit more get a few more tips <laughs> and then I'm going to implement those things into my life so, yes, thank uh, you, yeah. Sean. <laughs> and you see, I'm grateful for that because the biggest thing I do is walk away. Like mm. all the tips and tricks that I've learned over the years. And as I yeah. said, I know when to put myself to bed. I know I, 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 I've coping techniques for cars, for elevators, for everything. Like I have this little catalog <laughs> for everywhere I am. Mm. But my number one is walking away. And mm. here's the thing. The other day I was, in, I was, uh, the other day I was insulted, right? So just the other day I was insulted. And I still want to rip people apart. <laughs> I mm. still want to hurt people. I still mm. want to kick them and hunt and punch them. That, so I'm not going to say I don't feel that. That's a pretty fucking normal human emotion, right? Mm. I walked away. So, yeah, every inch of me wanted to kind of attack the person, right? Every inch. That's not, like, I can tell you that, and that only happened, like, three days ago. So it's not like um, when I'm sitting here doing the podcast, I don't still feel, I still feel, I don't still, Mm. I still get hurt, right? Um, yeah, but I walk away. I walk away. I walked away, and it took me three hours to calm down. Okay, mm. it was a pretty hurtful thing that was said, right? Now, at the end of the day, nobody knows about it, right? Mm. Um, <laughs> person that did it knows what they said, but I have done nothing. Mm. At the end of the day, that's still on them. I yeah. haven't done anything. I haven't said anything. I haven't been rude. I haven't been obnoxious. I haven't been cutting towards them. I haven't been short towards them. Mm. I've done nothing. In fact, the mm. only thing I, I've met them twice since and went, Hi, how are you? That's it. <laughs> so yeah. I've done nothing. So I've held mm. dignity. So years ago, I would be straight in and I mm. would lunge like a fucking tiger and I'd be roaring and spitting from my mouth and don't you fucking say this about me. Who the fuck do you think you fucking are? <laughs> and then, of course, because we're pretty good at it, is we have this filing cabinet in our head of everything mm. we know about a person that we can open it up and go, you're a fucking... Mm. And you think you're so good. This is who you are as a person. 
But basically, mm. all we're doing is trying to push our own negative feelings about ourselves away and highlight, yeah. highlight them as being negative. And now I don't do that. I'm like, no, that's on you. That's on mm. you. If you want to insult me, that's on you. It's up to yeah. me to that I was hurt. That's mm. my emotions were correct. It took, I was really like, I, but I see, I was hurt first. And I yeah. went hurt to fucking rage. And I was like, my brain was like, I'm going to fucking do this. And I'm going, like, yeah, yeah, you're entitled. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're entitled to do it like 100%, but it's just not going to happen. But I'm going to fucking, I'm going to say this. Yeah, you're not. No, you're not. Sorry, you're not. Well, I'm, I, I, I want to say it. Right? And I want to say it too. I'm with you. But you're not saying it. Because then you become them. Mm. And that's what they want. I'm not being funny when I say this. Yeah. You know. And it's you- almost like, you know, they know how you used to be. So they almost expect those reactions from you. Yeah. Um, and I think walking away from them, I've had a situation recently as well where, you know, usually I would have sat there and, you know, given it back. But yeah. I didn't. I was silent. And they're yeah. in shock. Like, they actually don't know what to do. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, they're not fighting back. Like, what do you mean? Like, nah, sorry, I just um, I just need some space right now. That's my best thing. If I, if someone's being, you know, a bit toxic in my life, um, that's what that's my go-to now. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry, I actually can't um, spend time with you. I'm focusing on me and my, my family right now. Um, maybe we can catch up in the future. Really, like this is just an important time right now for me, and I think that's you know leading into the next question. You know, how do you cut toxic people out of your life? How do you put up boundaries? And I found that a really good way. Um, so you, it's just see, saying that you need space, yeah. See all these scratchings that I'm doing. <laughs> Either way, if you're watching this on YouTube, every time a human being scratches, they feel awkward. That's a little tip for you. Um, should have read the question. You wish you read the questions before now, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you cut out toxic people? Mm. Right. Yeah. But I think it's more like, okay, so you just say you have someone in your family, a significant member, a mother, a father, a sister, a brother, a cousin, someone in the close-knit circle. Um, you kind of, you realise that person's actually not good towards me they actually don't make me feel very nice they're the way that they're treating me doesn't match up with my values then how do we go about you know putting up those boundaries and yeah i I generally to date right Mm. i have nobody cut out of my family Mm. to date right today yeah i've nobody cut out even you know um, no, because I'll tell you why. What do you do when they're related to you? This is the problem. Yeah. Like, most fundamental question is how do I cut people? Like, and there it is. How do I cut these people mm-hmm. out of my life? How do you live with them? Would be yeah. my question. Is like, because, like, at the end of the day, mm. how do you live with people who are toxic? So mm. I don't cut people out of my life to a degree. Does that mean I spend all my time with them? I don't. So I would have, there's definitely people in my family that are toxic. So that's a hundred percent. 
because we're not the Waltons. So we call it the Joneses in Australia. <laughs> Joneses, I'll have to say that. Keeping up with the Joneses, yeah, that's the, on the, our the Australian listeners. Yeah, Joneses, <laughs> the Reardons, and the and the Waltons from America. Um, yeah, so um, <laughs> I spend less time with them. Mm. I spend less time with them. I'm respectful towards myself in a sense of toxic people drain my energy and it's an energy game for me. So I have to make sure my energy is kept. And generally, I prioritize my energy for number one, my wife, my children. Absolutely. My energy is prioritized for them. Then I prioritize my energy for my friends and family to a degree, those that I get on well with. And then I prioritize my energy for, for this, for, you know, chatting to people. And I could be chatting a couple of hours a week to people. Yeah. How I scale it is that. Now, then the people who are toxic, I generally give them very minimum amount of my time. I mm. give them my time because they're family. But they get the very minimum amount. Mm. And I, that's how I do it. I don't cut them out. Uh, now, you know, I will remove myself from them for a period of time. I'm very black and white. So, like, I'll <laughs> remove myself, like, for a month from you. And then it'll be two months or it'll be six weeks. or it'll be. <clears throat> I'll remove myself for a period of time and then I'll come back, you know. And the way I look at stuff like that is this. So let's just say the person is really toxic in a sense that they're insulting. Mm. You know, I'll remove myself from them for about uh, a month. So now I've got a month free. They know <laughs> what they've said. They were mm. waiting for the response. Yeah. Response then means I'm getting into their ring, which I don't want to get into mm. the ring and fight them because they're good at what they do, which means if I'm getting in, they know all the moves. And I'm going to come out the worst because, look, I'll give you an example. If they say, now, this is made up, so this didn't happen. Oh, you're not a really nice person, right? Mm. To people like us who we already think we're not nice, that's crushing. Yeah. We generally come back with, fuck you. You were a fucking bastard. Never fucking liked you, you fucking cunt. You're only a fucking miserable human being. I wish you were fucking dead or even better, burnt alive. Right. Or I push blame. This is your fault. I'm like this because of you. And now you're complaining. Right? You're yeah, you're okay. Okay. okay, okay. Right. We'll have to get into that. Okay. You push me. I'm only like this because of fucking you. Well, why is your fucking sibling like it? I got told. I done that. I done, I done the whole blame thing years ago. And I used yeah. to go, I'm only like this because of you. Yeah, there's eight of you in it. How come the other seven don't have it? Uh, uh, uh. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, Um, so I generally will remove myself for a month Mm. that way I don't have to deal with the person for a full (laughs) month I'm getting a break plus as well Mm. I can walk away with my dignity yeah not only did the person insult me which is on them Mm. I didn't come back with the whole uh, fuck you (laughs) I'm only like this because of you, your version. Yeah. I prefer my version of I'd love if you were burnt alive. Uh, I think I have a more graphic brain. 
again, there's the intrusive thoughts, you know. Mm. I don't burn to anyone alive. Yes. (laughs) 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 Maybe in my next life. Um, Big fucking film. Yeah. Um, we've very, we've very dramatic minds, and as I said, now <laughs> I go with my mind now. So you know, my mind is going. You have to buy a gas petrol. Um, so yeah, I walk away, but then I don't talk to them for about a month. So I get a month off, and they know in the month that I'm not talking to them, and so they know in the month that I'm not talking to them. Then I'm kind of not talking to them now. Mm. If they contact me, right? Because again, it's all about push, push, push. Let's mm. get person up borderline to react. If they contact me, I go, hey, how are you? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I haven't heard from you in a while. No, I'm I'm absolutely flat out busy lately. I'm really yeah. busy. I'm doing so much. Just I, I don't even have time to think. I don't even have time to think. I'll chat you in a bit though. Um, yeah, I'll chat you in a while and I and I let them go. All completely polite, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I killed them with kindness. It's like, Jesus, yeah, you know, I must look. We'll have to organize something again, again, mm. again. <laughs> go, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I'm just so busy. I'm mm. really busy. I am busy. I'm extra- yeah. you're busy, right? Yeah, everybody with BPD is busy. Our minds never shut the mm. fuck up. We are not telling lies if we say we're busy. So technically, even if I'm sitting down watching Family Guy, I'm busy. (laughs) Never watched Boys and Mark were saying it's a good show. I have to watch it. Um, So, yeah, you're busy. But I Mm. remain being polite. And you know why I remain being polite? Because I have BPD. I'm a firm believer now. This is what someone in BPD can do. I can be polite. Mm-hmm. I can be polite. Yeah. See the way my eyes close like I want to fucking kill you? <laughs> yeah, I can be polite. Yeah. I didn't say I am polite. I can be polite. <laughs> I still want to fucking kill you. I'm not going to lie about it. But I can be polite. As someone with mm-hmm. BPD, I can be polite. And do you know what? Neurotypical people can be polite too because they want to kill mm. you. I've asked them. I've asked every fucking neurotypical person I know that I'm good mm. friends and I've said it to them, do you feel like killing people? And every one of them said, yeah, I do. So it's a normal emotion. It's the politeness part, it's the politeness part that we kind of miss. <laughs> That's the bit. Yeah. You know, but then I think that's the turning point, and I think that's why reflection is huge. Yeah. And having those pre-scripted responses, so you know, I know me. If someone starts attacking me, um, I freak out. I don't know what to do. I'm like a deer in headlights. Do I yell at them? Do I walk away? Like, what do I do? Okay. So another thing that you taught me was, you know, have those pre-recorded scripts. Okay, if they're going to come to me and they're going to say this. Okay, this is actually how I'm going to respond to it. They come here at me about this. I'm going to walk away. That's as easy as that, really. <clears throat> I, I, I'll argue the case. People, I've never met a person with BPD that didn't have a fast, overly thinking mind. Mm. I've never met someone going, no, I'm not thinking anything today. 
every one of us are constantly doing it. See? <laughs> um, never, our brain just goes all day long. And Can you imagine today, like, oh, Sean, what are you thinking today? Oh, nothing. How about you? Yeah, yeah me neither. Yeah, I'm thinking of nothing. If I, like, even my mind, even my mind, when you said, oh, nothing, I was, my mind automatically went, I wonder how much space is in nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's where my mind goes. It just doesn't stop. Um, I wonder how much space is in nothing. Actually, here's a little fun fact about nothing. If you got the planet Earth and you you took away the space in between the atoms, Earth, to the best of my knowledge, and all the inhabitants on it would fit into the size of a golf ball. It's mental. And it's a really kind um, of... I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. In is this words, an Irish joke? No, no, this is actually science. In other words, the amount of space okay. in between everything is is yeah. would if you took that space away and just left the atoms yeah literally the atoms i think we'd fit into it like a golf ball or a tennis ball it's mental my mind like, is like, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> the whole okay, I'm moving along because <laughs> anyway, this is not a really, biology like podcast so um <clears throat> oh yeah it's, if you be if if you BPD like it's a fucking BPD mm. podcast. I mm. I use. Do you know the way? Do you know the way in your mind with people? You're like, oh, you you said this, and you're having these arguments mm-hmm. all day long. Like, and nobody knows you're having these arguments in your head. Mm. And, um, you're having all these arguments all day long. I kind of utilize that, and I went, hey, 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 wait, wait, wait. You're like a fucking. You're like. You're like a theater show without a director. So mm-hmm. everyone's just kind of doing whatever they do in theater, you know, mm-hmm. abstract or whatever the name is, and they're just doing their own thing. And I kind of said, whoa, whoa, hold on a sec. These are the people that are toxic in your life. Mm. Little funny thing about people is they don't have over 20 phrases. They have hurtful phrases that they say quite a lot, but not over 20. Yeah. So I use that knowledge in my head, plus then the argument that my brain wants to do, which goes on like, hey, you should. And if you done this, this is what I would do. Mm. These arguments you have trying to settle your nerves so you don't kill people. <laughs> um, I actually use that now and go, right. So what if they said this? Well, then I'd say this. And what if mm. they said that? Well, then I'd say this. But because my intention has to be polite. Mm. It has to be now. I do like to be a smart arse if I'm being honest. I love a good smart arse comment, you know. Um, I'm Irish, okay. Um, so I use that time where my brain wants to argue with me and go, Well, what would you say if they said this again? Like, I, I have taught up of if someone ever said to me, Uh, you're, you're a useless parent, I've taught that that didn't randomly, yeah, come in my head. That- concern i had i was going jesus mm-hmm. christ because of the intrusive thoughts i had as a parent i was concerned going mm-hmm. what if they do say you're a useless parent that's going to crush you and i thought of here's so I, i'll tell you what was in my head if someone said to me you're a useless parent my first reaction was fuck you i said <laughs> i like it i just don't think it's for the audition 
Mm. <laughs> We're all on a stage. <clears throat> I'm sitting down eating my popcorn. I'm literally eating popcorn as I'm replaying this shit in my head. I'm enjoying myself. Mm. Like, okay, next, please. So, fuck you with a pointed finger was the second response. <laughs> I says, I like where you're going. I like it as a director, but mm. it's not for this show. This show is we have yeah. to be polite. We have to be dignified. Mm. So next, so then the next one was, um, I, I'm not happy with what you said. Again, I like it, but we're getting into mm-hmm. it. And then I want to strangle them at this stage. So I kind of don't really want them around me. And then eventually it went from all of these phrases in my head to, yeah, I didn't even, I wasn't even trying to be a good parent. Because <laughs> every thing I said either got me into an argument it felt like I was defending myself. Yeah. Here's the thing about defending yourself. If you're defending yourself to someone who insults you, they already think you're shit. Mm. Everything you say afterwards just confirms how shit you are. Everything. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. think you're a shit person. I give 10,000 euros to charity. See, you're shit. You only done it to look good. <laughs> so, <laughs> Whatever that is. I'm very much, um, you know, if someone insults me, I'm the whole, okay, that's your opinion. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you're kind of. I think if you if you give it an open ended response, then you've got that, you know, chance of getting into an argument. That's not where you want to go because then you're proving them right. (laughs) I always used to get um, called, you're crazy. You're fucked in the head. I got that all the time Classics. by my darling ex-husband. <laughs> you're crazy. You're fucked in the head all the time. And it used to hurt me. It used to really upset me because it wasn't my fault that I was fucked in the head. Um, but he made me feel like it was my fault. Like he made me feel like I was crazy. You know, you get told these things all the time. Whereas once I cut off that emotion um, from his attacks, they didn't bother me anymore. I'm not crazy. I'm not fucked in the head. Maybe a little bit, but we're working on that. I, I <laughs> but it is. It's like, okay, yeah, that's your opinion. Good on you, mate. See you later. Walking this way. Because I think, you know, if you're trying to please everyone else, I did this also, you know, my daughter goes to a private school. Uh, I'm 10 years younger than most of the mothers there. So, again, keeping up with the Joneses, when she started there, I tried to hold up this, Look, they're all lovely and they've been super supportive, but my life's different. I live with mental health. Um, I'm a single mother. Um, You know, I don't have other supports. So my life is completely different. I don't have a husband to go home to and all of that kind of stuff. But I was always, how's everything got? Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great. But I was putting on this facade. My life's not great. It's a fucking shit show at home. (laughs) I'm not coping. The house is a mess. (laughs) <laughs> Drop the kids off late school, like, oh god, like I don't think what day is it today, you know? But yeah. I'm trying to be that keeping up the Joan is highly like I am highly functional. Um, but that's it. You burn out, you're lying. So yeah, I think coming back to your truth. Um, I don't really care now what other people think of me. I know I'm a bloody good mum, I know I'm not crazy, I know I'm not fucked in the head. I have a mental illness. A diagnosed mental illness, which I'm working on. I'm yeah. getting better. I'm doing things. I'm implementing things in my life. I'm going to therapy. I'm chatting with you. 
Um, and I feel I feel great at the moment. But again, so, you can't, yeah, put these labels on it. Mm. Remove the emotion and just give them a blunt, you know, blunt response that they can't, you know, get back at you. They can't get in an argument. It's just the end. Mm. Mm. Yeah, decision. Mm. Now, because I know you when we're chatting. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna add to that story of you're dropping your kids off to school. I know you don't drop your kids off late anymore. You did I don't? Yes. Did um, so because you know you know I dropped my kids late off to school, throwing them out the fucking door. Um, I know from talking to you now that uh, yeah. you don't do that anymore. Um, no. So, like, and do you see exactly when when you give less of a shit mm. about what other people think of you? You actually become yeah. more like you. Yeah. When you care about people, you're mm. crazy. And next thing you're going crazy. And yeah, you put I feel like for me, I'm very much energy-based as well, you know. I only have so much energy. This much of my energy is dealing with my mental health. You know, yeah. we think we need we use up a lot for that. Yeah. Um, and the other rest of it, I want to put that towards my family, my kids, and all of that kind of stuff. I can't be wasting it in all other places. So now, like, yeah, my energy is precious, and I really pick and choose where where I use where I use it and where I spend it. Really, yeah, yeah. And that's crucial because when you're wasting energy, mm. getting closer to a meltdown. Yeah, my life is basic. You know, will I ever have a meltdown again? So far, so good. No. I'm not unaware of the fact that if I let my energy dip so low. Mm. Yeah, I will. So that's why I don't give away my energy freely. Mm. Every time I give it away, I'm getting closer to a meltdown. Yeah. I prioritize my energy. And again, that's where the the four fundamentals (laughs) I was just about to bring it back in. Well done. Look at us like totally in sync now. Where they come into play is that they give me my energy. Mm. That's how I get my energy. As I said earlier on, you wouldn't get anyone. I'm listening to books all day. I'm listening to stuff. Mm. I'm constantly taking in information. And it's fantastic. Mm. But it's useless. I know 100% if I don't... Mm do the four things that I do mm. books are useless I know that Every <laughs> they're useless you can't yeah. you can't walk away when you're not there and mm. when, like when you get triggered into your automatic brain you're no longer there yeah and as I said survival pleasure sex and food and, mm. if, and generally survival means like you're going to attack someone yeah. Simple as. Every every animal on the planet has all of them as well. And they all attack mm-hmm. until they can't. And then they're done. Um so I try my best not to get into that automatic brain. Mm. I'm in control then. And that happens by eating well, sleeping well, you know, exercise and reflection, you know. Yeah. So um so let's you know, you like to keep these things short. So we've got through all the questions. Okay. Let's That's like, fun. shall we just, okay, let's give me like five 
tips for each fundamental. So, you know, we can give the listeners something to take away with, something simple that they can work on in the next couple of weeks. You know, for me, I have to have a little task and I work on that for a little bit. Once I've mastered that, then I go on to the next thing. Um, I don't know if you're the same, but that's what I've found. I do. I work that, um, That works well. Okay, so food. I want five hot tips. Small, quick, easy changes, not too expensive. What would be the five things that you yeah. change well, food, in food? food? In food, it's pretty basic for me. <laughs> I like an easy life. So the majority mm. of my vegetables are frozen. I buy yeah. frozen food. I don't buy organic or all this sort of stuff. I don't have time. We have three children. I don't have time to be sitting down prepping meals for five hours. It's yeah. all frozen out of a bag into a steamer. Steaming is better. Um, that's number one. Number two, if it has two ingredients, don't buy it. Mm. Broccoli, carrots, pork, chicken, peas. Mm. They're all one ingredient foods. Mm. Shouldn't have to look at the label of a food. Like we're gone into looking at labels <laughs> now, which is ridiculous. You know mm. what I mean? When did we get mm. labels? If you have to read a label, buy it. Mm. Food is food. We, we mm. 200,000 years, lived off meat and fruit, vegetables, plants, seeds. Mm. That's the food. Um, yeah. Tip number three, I cook. So I get up at half five every morning, and by the evening time, I'm tired. Mm. I cook at half five every morning. So my dinner's yeah. So when I'm tired and I come home, I'm not going to, even though I'm craving carbs, because you're going to mm. carbs when you get tired, because yeah. you're not craving chips, you're craving carb, because the body knows the it, sugar is uh-huh. down. It just, it knows, it doesn't know you're eating chips. It just knows you're eating something mm. that's broken down really quickly. So I have my dinner ready. Yeah. So ready to go. Now, um, when I get home, then I just put it in the oven or the microwave, whatever you want, and I'm eating a nutritious meal. If yeah. I do that and I'm tired, I'm going to go straight for the carbs. Yeah. Or so, the easy option, Elaine. Yeah, the easy option. Um, that's one, two, three with food. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to add smoothies in. Um, yeah, woman, I have had issues with um, iron deficiency my whole entire life. I don't eat a lot of meat, not because I'm vegetarian and want to save the cows. It's more um, I don't actually like the taste of it too much. So for me, getting iron into my diet is really difficult to the point where I was having iron transfusions every couple of months because I'm like at the bottom and then there's my energy. I've got nothing. I've got nothing to build on. So for me, Smoothies is a great way to get those extra vitamins into your um, into your body. I mean, it looks disgusting. It's green. Everyone looks at it and thinks it's gross. But my little hot tip <laughs> is get yeah, yeah. Um, natural, like natural peanut butter. So <clears throat> one ingredient, the only thing is in there is peanuts. And I just add a little bit in there um, to then give it that nutty taste. I use almond milk, so then it tastes like that. Then I put everything else in there. Spinach, kale sometimes, banana. Um, what else? I've got all my seeds and nuts, flaxseed oil. 
Um, and then I'm actually getting my daily dose of iron without even realising, without having to eat something that's gross or taking tablets that then lead to constipation, all of those kinds of things. It's, it's yeah, really easy way to get it into you. If you have a deficiency in anything else, this is what I do. Look up, okay, what's the best things, what's the best foods that, you know, for this deficiency? And I try everything to get everything from there and put it in that smoothie. Yeah. And it's enjoyable. Yeah. And it, it, and it's gone. If you don't like it, it's yeah. gone. <laughs> the fifth one would be probiotics. Mm-hmm. Human beings ate friendly bacteria for every generation up until 1944. And then the fridge was invented and we stopped consuming probiotic foods. Probiotics foods are kombucha, raw cow's milk for the northern countries. Kefir mm. is a raw cow's milk yogurt. Um, miso. Uh, kimchi is a Korean probiotic. It's lovely. Mm. And sauerkraut. And all of these have friendly bacteria. As a species, we every species on the planet, every species, right? If you see even a line, when a lion is eating a zebra, it goes straight for the stomach to get the friendly bacteria into its stomach so it can digest the meat. Uh, so it's, it's every, species, wow. <laughs> every species consumes bacteria before they eat the meat or any, anything else to help digest. That's why you'll all see when a zebra is trying to walk away and the lion is like, for fuck's sake, will you lie down? I'm trying to have my dinner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't have your dinner walking off on you. Um, so, <laughs> um, always could, <laughs> always I'd be picturing the line getting frustrated, going, Jesus Christ, I'm trying to have a romantic meal with my wife. You're walking off on us. Um, yeah. So they do every, and we done the same thing. When we, when we were putting our hand to the ground, Mm. And picking up the seeds or the fruit, we were eating live bacteria with that. Mm. Right. And then we stopped and then we became really clean. Then we became like we are Mm. now and sterile. And that's the worst thing you can be. The bacteria helps digest the food. If, if, and here's, here's why. When, if I was cloned, Okay, and I'm, let's just say I ate a piece of meat or vegetables, whatever. And then my clone ate the exact same thing. But I'm consuming live bacteria, friendly bacteria. I'm going to be in a better state of health because the bacteria is digesting the food for me. Mm -hmm. Because the bacteria is digesting the food for me, I have more energy then compared to my clone. Now, yeah. Here's where that's important. If the two of us were being chased, I have more energy to run away. He doesn't. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's about survival. Right? Yeah. Well, I would, for the fifth tip is the most important one. If you eat, Mm -hmm. make sure you're consuming bacteria, live, friendly bacteria. Kombucha, I've been doing for years. It costs a couple of dollars or euros to Mm -hmm. make, like to buy it. And then it costs... I can make eight liters of kombucha for like 50 or 60 cents. And eight liters. Yeah, of- I think we'll, 
put the recipe up on Instagram um, for everybody that wants to yeah. have a look. That's, that's <clears throat> um, consume live. If you're consuming live bacteria, friendly bacteria, mm-hmm. your mental health will naturally increase. Um, can we just tell everybody how much kombucha should you drink per day? Because <laughs> so anything that's probiotic is in small amounts. Again, you know, the line is going eating the zebra and that's the probiotic, but it's not eating at all. It's just a little touch. You don't need mm. um, because it will run out of you. If you like, you only need about a glass, small glass of kombucha a day. So about 250 mils. We're laughing because when I first started drinking it, I got a bit excited <laughs> and was drinking, I don't know, a litre, litre and a half. And I was like, Sean, what's going on? Like, what's happening? <laughs> How much are we drinking of this stuff? Yeah, How- yeah. Yeah. So it- I learned the hard way. <laughs> but then this knowledge, experience, passing it on. <laughs> yeah, literally, I'm passing it out. Um, <laughs> very small amounts very small amounts um, yeah you don't need what much. about um, you know the live bacteria you get from the chemist or I don't know if you guys have got it over there we yeah. have these little things of your cults that you yeah. can buy yeah, yeah, cool. um, what would right. be better so if I had an option of having the stuff from the chemist kombucha and all of that in there um, with kimchi and sauerkraut or you know, these little yakults every day, which would give me the most bacteria. So the the things you can buy in the chemist are good. Mm. Um, Mm. The only difference is they're they're expensive Mm. and they're not real in a sense of the closer you can get to nature. Yeah, okay. On ingredient foods. Mm. The closer you can get to nature, the more, because we are nature, we are, yeah. we're not like, we are part of nature. So to give you an example, you can get a, you can get a something from the pharmacy and it might have 14 strains of friendly bacteria. In it. Mm. And then 14 strains are known to help human beings. You can then get kimchi, mm. which is made and, that has roughly 350 strains of bacteria in it. Mm, yeah, well. Huge difference. And kimchi is only <laughs> one tablespoonful. That's it. So you're talking mm-hmm. a huge amount of bacteria. So the closer you get to nature, the better. You know? Upstairs, I'll be up in a minute. I knew this was going to happen. The little kidlets are coming, coming out. I was hoping it would happen. It's more natural. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? That's just real life. Um, as I said, <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer when you're doing stuff like this that it's not mm. like, hey, how are you? Shut your fucking mouth. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to be really good. What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm going to kill you later on. I think you should, like, it should happen. It's, it's just part yeah. of life, you know, because. I'm we're real people. We're not, you know. There's no yeah, filters. Like, this is raw. Oh, this is us having a chat. I'm actually, I'm actually, because uh, I've never done this. I'm, uh, I'm, completely, no. I'm completely knocked away. To be no, honest. I'm completely knocked away in, in the podcast room. 
let's move on. Let's move on. Moving on quickly. Okay. All right. Now the second key fundamental is sleep. Yes. Sleep's a bit harder, so let's have like maybe two two top tips for sleep. Very, very simple with sleep. Again, we're we're closest to nature. We have a circadian rhythm, and a circadian rhythm is in every species that works 24-hour cycle, right? And basically what that means is this. In 24 hours, we cycle our day. I'll go back to the mm. lines. Their circadian rhythm basically means that during the day, they will sleep, and at nighttime, they'll hunt. So that's their natural circadian rhythm. Humans are different. Mm. During the day, we're awake, we walk, and during the night, we sleep. Yeah. So we have evolved to sleep. And at between 10 o'clock and 2 a.m. in the morning is when we get our most REM sleep. So the thing about it is this. If you're awake at one o'clock, if you were getting your best, like I'll give you, I'll use myself. I go to bed around half nine, 10 o'clock. My REM sleep is going to start around quarter past, say, say 10 o'clock, right? So mm. my most restorative sleep is from 10 o'clock until half 11. And then I'll go into my second cycle from half 11 until one o'clock, mm. right? So I'm getting the, let's just say I'm getting 100% at 10 o'clock mm. and yeah. 80%. And then from one o'clock until half two, I'm going to be getting 60%. And from half two until um, four o'clock, I'm only getting 40%. Yeah. And then from half, from four o'clock until half five, my cortisol now is actually increasing and then mm. I'm back up. So the problem is if I go to bed at one o'clock in the morning, I've missed out on two of the most strongest REM sleeps I can get. So mm. now I'm only, realistically speaking, then I'm only going to be getting about 40% of my proper restorative sleep. Even if you say, say you go to sleep at one o'clock in the morning, but you still sleep for eight hours. No, 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 no. The reason being is this. You can't undo evolution. Mm. Evolved to sleep because there was no electricity. Yeah. There was no, there was no light. You know, it's okay today, but you go back 200 years ago, we had no light. Mm -hmm. We had candlelight. And even candlelight is different because people are always on about the blue light in the screen on your phone. But what they don't mm. realize is the blue light is the sky. Yeah. That's where we get our blue light from. And the blue light to a human being means we should be awake. You see yeah, that? and it releases those hormones, doesn't it, for alertness and all yeah. of that? Yeah, it, it, it keeps you awake. It doesn't allow mm. blue light there. You, it interferes with your activation of the hormone melatonin. Yeah. So you Which don't cause feel... huge problems down the track if you're hmm. messing with that. Yeah. If, you were, if, if, if I go to bed at one o'clock, I will not get my restorative sleep. And mm. you can undo evolution. It's why people who work in night shifts, they're all over the place. Because we yeah. are sleep. So mm. you, it's really crucial. Now, if you're going to bed at one o'clock, I would say bring it back by 15 minutes each night until you get to your time. My wife yeah. can go to bed at 11 o'clock, but she's more of a, a later she's more of her energy in the evening times mm. my from my experience 11 30 should be your cutoff you should be asleep by 11 30 
anything yeah. later than that, you're looking for trouble. You really mm. are. If you can't cope the next day, it's it's because you know the program is pretty much too good on Netflix and you know <laughs> is, it that good? Is, is it really good? Was it that great? Is it worth, yeah. Is really? it worth those moves the next day? <laughs> so sleep mm. is basic. It's if you don't respect sleep, you're gonna have mm. a meltdown. You're gonna have a meltdown. Yeah. And I think it's having those that regular pattern um, every single day. Doesn't matter if it's Monday, Saturday, Wednesday. I think have for me, sleep is crucial. I can't function without sleep. Um, if I don't get enough sleep, don't even look at me the next day because I'll kill you. <laughs> um, and I'll be in those moods. So, yeah. Hmm, um, yeah. So for me, it's. I, I would say that I'm a night owl and I used to like to stay up late, but I wasn't getting enough sleep and I wasn't functioning the next day and my moods were all over the place. Whereas now I go to bed at the same time every night, nine, between 9.30 and 10.30 is probably my bedtime. Yeah. Um, and I'm getting up at 5.30. Now, if you told me that two years ago, laugh in your face, what do you mean 5.30? I'm not getting up then. But for me, it's hugely important now and it's, yeah, really beneficial. I start my day happy, like um, rested and all of that. So, yeah, definitely having that regular routine is That's hugely right. beneficial. Mommy. Hi. I know. <laughs> They've done well. They've done well. <laughs> all right. fine. So what's this? Number three. Well, oh, you want to add something else? No, no, because sleep is pretty basic. If you don't get it, yeah. you're prone to a meltdown. Yeah. There is no, there's no undoing sleep. The American Army mm-hmm. spent a couple of million trying to undo sleep and they, they couldn't. Mm. You, you cannot cheat it. There's no yeah. anything to cheat sleep. If you go to bed late and you have a meltdown, it's because of that. Yeah. Oh, I have one thing. A person said yeah. to me, what if you can't sleep? Great, don't sleep and don't sleep for the whole day. If you can't sleep, great, stay awake. Don't yeah. go into bed. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's like we travel on the jet lag. It was like that with, you know, coming home, especially with time zones. If you went to sleep when you came home, it really just, there's an example, just totally messed with everything. It took so much longer rather than staying up and getting back into those rhythms. Mm. So uh, exercise. Yes. <laughs> exercise is pretty basic. We're supposed to move. As when we were hunters and gatherers, we got up, we walked, we ran when mm. we were chased. Um, that's why sprinting <laughs> is better. Like sprinting is better than jogging. We didn't jog. If you want to really improve your well-being, sprint. Yeah. Yeah. And stop and sprint mm. and stop. Mm. People don't like people don't know. Well, I don't know why it's so beneficial, but it is. The reason is yeah. again evolution. We were being fucking chased. And yeah. when we were, sorry now if your daughter's in the background. Um we were being chased <laughs> and uh I've just torn it down now. Uh, we were being chased. And mm. we and when we ran, we thought we were going to die. So because we mm. thought going to die our body completely restores itself to check and see are we ripped or scraped or anything right so people don't yeah. get the whole restorative thing about sprinting is like when you're running 
from an evolutionary point of view, the bacteria yeah. in your gut don't think you're on a treadmill. They think something's chasing you. So your whole body gets a complete scan. Oh, God, God, are you, are you ripped? Are you scraped? Are you bit? And they'll check everything and they'll restore you with endorphins to make sure you're fucking happy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so because the, boys, the bacteria down below go, oh, God, he's running. He must be chased by something quick. You know, and then they'll just restore you with, a, they'll restore you with all the happy hormones in case you're being eaten alive. By the way... Mm. That's the whole life and freeze thing. You're, you, if you're being eaten alive, by the way, you won't feel it. That's them making sure you don't feel anything. That's why you see the zebra going, ah, not in pain. It's like, you know, it's been mm. eaten alive, but it's not in any pain. And that's why <laughs> your body's been flooded with its own kind of um, oh, thing that stops pain. I can't think of the name. Um, adrenaline. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why sprinting is good. Exercise is good. Once you're moving, your body knows you're awake, alive. When you're lying down yeah. all day, it means you're sick. Yeah. No, you, you move, basically. I'm not saying run and do marathons, but be active. Just be active. When I'm yeah. on the phone, I'll walk. I'll pace myself. Yeah. No, it's just being active. As you said earlier on, you go for a jog or a sprint. You're listening yeah. to your body and it's doing exactly what it needs to do. Mm. Away. Yeah. Environment. That's what we were evolved to do. That's what every species on the planet does. Mm -hmm. They run away. It's what keeps us alive. If we stood still, we wouldn't survive as a species. So it is important to listen to your body and do these things. Yeah. But I think for those that, you know, I know I'm a mum, two kids, your exercise <laughs> regime goes out the window. Um, so for me, I do little things to incorporate it. So at work, there's two flights of stairs to get up to my, um, to my level. So there you go. Every day I walk up those stairs instead of getting the elevator. It's just those little things or, I'll park my car a little bit further away. So then I've got to walk an extra bit to get to work um, or get off a bus, a stop earlier. So then you're walking at that, just that little bit. Or, yeah. um, you know, recently, like you've helped me out with some at-home exercising things. You don't have to sit there and kill yourself. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I do push-ups until you can't do push-ups anymore. Cool. Yeah. All right, and then next week, do push-ups again until you can't do them anymore. And more than likely, you're going to get a few more extra in that, that following week. So it's, you know, it's those baby steps um, to then build up to getting overall fitness. And, yeah, if we can put up um, on the Instagram as well just a really basic routine to get yeah. you started. And let's say the person, like, that hasn't done exercise in a year or two, We'll start there. We'll give those ex uh, exercises. Um, basic, get you going. Yep. Um, and the fourth one is reflection. I love this one because it's so easy to do because you used to do very little, right? Allow life happen. Mm -hmm. Let the shit show happen. But then what you do is next year, sit down with your popcorn mm. watch it again like i give you an example <laughs> you're going to reflect over the end of this podcast right and you're, <laughs> you're going to go 
And they were like, shit, what did I say? What did I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, what? What could I have done differently? Um, and all I do with reflection is instead of like, you know, if you do something wrong and you're like, oh, I feel guilt and shame and I don't allow that. Mm. I don't allow, I do not allow guilt in. If I feel, yeah. oh, I feel, oh, no, 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 no. You're not feeling guilt. Mm. Oh, no. Yeah. You did, you did. You're not feeling. Guilt is just so you can feel bad about yourself. Yeah. It's meaningless, right? In my opinion. <laughs> when I do wrong and I'm trying to feel guilt, I go, yeah, that's not happening. I'm sitting down, mm. having my popcorn. I'm going to watch the show again. I'm going to rerun it in my head. And this is what mm -hmm. I did. And I went, and you can fuck right off, you know, something like that. And I go, well, okay, so I, you can fuck right off. And I go, okay, I done that. Mm. Oh, and guilt tries to come in. Well, no, no, we're not, we're not auditioning for guilt here today. Mm. And I look at it again, and I go, okay, what now would you do differently in a more moral way? Mm. And then I go, well, I'd walk away. So then you walk. Yeah. Away. So you just look. You don't have to do much. Because you've already done it. It's not like you're trying to figure it out. Let yeah. It happen. People are trying their best not to make. I'm, I allow life happen. I don't try and not make mistakes. People are so busy trying to be perfect. Mm. They're not fucking up all the time. Let it happen. Let, let the kids walk in when you're doing it. <laughs> let, let because the more you try and stop it, the yeah. worse it gets. And you get, mm. oh, you know, yeah. Let it just let it happen naturally in a sense. Going okay, that's what happened. The next time mm. I'll do this or the next time I'll do that, but I just let life happen. And any mistakes I make now, I I can reflect on them. But that's why I love cycling once a month because you're guaranteed to make a mistake. Yeah, I don't want to live the rest of my life making no mistakes because I'm not going to learn anymore. I'm only learning from my mistakes. I'm not that intelligent as a human being where I can sit down and, and zen myself into fucking brilliant. It's the mistakes. I'm pretty good at making yeah. mistakes that have actually got me to where I am. I've, you've been chatting away to me at times and the kids may, were in the background or whatever, and you can mm. hear my response. You know, yeah. I wasn't always mm. like that. I was like, for fuck's yeah. sake. Jesus Christ. Um, and then you're going, Jesus, try and fucking balance this out here. You know? Yeah. How you live your life is that you go, right, let's not do that again. So all I do with reflection <laughs> is I let life happen. And then if there's a mistake to be fixed, I reflect on it and fix it in a moral way. That's all I do. Yeah. Yeah, not perfect. I think, it's, yeah, it's really beneficial to then have that it's almost like we don't, uh, I don't know, I feel like when you're in the beginning of this, like you don't know how to react in these situations. So you're just like, whoa, BPD is just out there. I'm acting like this. Yeah, and yeah. then, yeah, you will, you feel guilty. But having these pre-recorded responses um, or just strategies of how you're going to deal with it next time is hugely beneficial. Um, and that's what you get from, direct, like, from reflection. Yeah, and like... Here's the thing mm. about I've reflected with children, we'll say, right? Mm. Don't stop them from being themselves. They're always going to interrupt you. Yeah. That's never not going to happen. Mm. 
And when you can accept that and go, yeah, I'm doing a podcast mm-hmm. with I know your children work. It means nothing in my sense of going, I the only thing <laughs> in my head is I think it's great because it's actually raw and honest. I love it. Yeah. Just, let it happen. Let them interrupt mm-hmm. because that's life. Children, yeah, children aren't interrupting you. They're reading fucking Ulysses, and I don't want children reading Ulysses. <laughs> and if a child is not interrupting you, well, then they feel mm. like they can't interrupt you. Mm. I, I don't like the idea that a child can't interrupt a parent. Yeah. That's, your job is to constantly mm. ask a parent, can you get me this? Can you do this for me? I've yeah. My milk. I've... And if they feel that they can't go to you, there's something mm. wrong. Yeah. But the more times a child interrupts you, the better, in my opinion. Mm. So I Because they're learning, uh, yeah, getting their needs. Yeah. yeah. Like, if, you, if you respond naturally to them, they respond naturally back. And yeah. And you see, that's what I love, in a sense of let children be children and let the adults be adults. And an adult response to a child interrupting them is, I'll be with you in a few minutes. You know? And then yeah. that's, it's, not like a, it's not like afterwards. It's like, for fuck's sake, why did you? It's like, okay, look, what did you need that time? Blah, blah, blah. You're okay. Yeah. I'm talking again. Can you do this? They're not going to do it. Look, you have to try and teach them. If I'm mm. on the phone, can you do this? That's only mm. you responsible as a parent. Their job is to yeah. make sure they never do it. Their job mm. is to, to make sure the next time they interrupt you twice as much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's life. That's the way it should be like, you know, it's, it's yeah. not and squared and everything should be yeah. perfect. It should be, life should be, well, what do you do when life is happening around you? And mm. I love, that's the way I look at life. I'm actually yeah. did interrupt. I'm del- I was I was hoping they would do it. I couldn't believe they're going through the whole podcast going, can't believe they have to interrupt it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was hoping for in the podcast, which is weird. Like my own way, but I'd love to see the interaction. <laughs> it's a it's a positive podcast for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And do you know what? At the end of the day, we're real people. We yeah. both have borderline personality disorder. We're sharing our experiences mm. with each other. Um, and now with everybody else, like hoping that people can relate. So if we're yeah. going to sit here with filters on and, you know, everything's perfect, well, that's not real. That's not real life. No, that's not what you're trying to achieve here. That's not what the community is about. It's more about, we're real people. We have real lives. <laughs> we deal with, you know, the same things as everybody else deals with. Gets interrupting or, you know. Um, and then I think that's what the beauty of this is. And this is why I love the podcast. This is why I fell in love with it in the beginning because if I can relate to everything that you say on there. Everything. It's Perfect. like, it's yeah. It's really Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Like some people say to me, you know, I might share a little bit too much. I don't care at this stage. Mm. If I can share a really intrusive thought and make mm. someone else feel less awkward about their own mind, that's a win. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. Um, 
I'm a I'm a family man anyway. I'm a I'm a I'm a good dad. In fairness, you know, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I don't want to be perfect. No, uh, you know, so I don't care. It's like that was good. Mm. You need to be honest. If we're going yeah. to said earlier on, you know, how many people don't tell their full story, which means they can't get fully helped. Yeah. And that's me. That's the perfect example. I never spoke the truth because I was embarrassed. And I'm from that generation that you just don't talk about that stuff. Um, So, yeah, it took me to be completely off my face and on halfway out death's door. But that's it. That's true. That's raw. But I'd never heard anyone else talk about that kind of stuff because you just don't talk about it. I'm going to tell you exactly, Mm. right? How much people think about what other people think about, right? And yeah. I'm going to, because you're looking at the camera, you're not going to be able to lie. And because you don't know what I'm going to say, it means you're kind of goose, okay? But mm. I'm going to show you just how much people think about other people's intrusive thoughts, right? Mm. Earlier on, I said you have to burn people with petrol, right? You didn't even flinch. You didn't go, right? You didn't do anything, right? You're laughing at it now. That's how, like, mm. figure this stuff out. When someone is talking about their intrusive thoughts, they think the other person is going to judge them. Yeah. You didn't even move when I said, burn people alive with petrol. <laughs> I deliberately said that to see what you would say, because I know you didn't or wouldn't judge, right? Yeah, no. But that's my point. Mm. Is we don't it's normalizing it. Like I don't. I think I don't have a reaction because yeah. I don't actually think you're going to go and burn and. Yeah, if you yeah. had someone on, if I had someone on, and and they said, "Well, you know, I'm I'm very unhappy with life, and I'm going to burn mm. some alive." I'd be like, oh, fuck. Shit. Yeah. This is, this is, I'd have to ring maybe the local fucking authorities to wherever they were. But they're a very, very small, very, very small percentage Mm. of people that do that. Very small. Tiny, like tiny percentage. The majority of us, the rest of Mm. us, who have these intrusive thoughts that never do it. Yeah. Are fucking put in with them people. <laughs> people. Them people are severely, severely mentally ill. Severely. Mm. No question with that. That's severely mentally ill when you're prepared to do something like that. You kind of need to be in a fucking hospital getting treated. Yeah. We're not like that. And that's my point. Is I'm, mm. I'm not trying to say that these people are anything. But I definitely trying to say that we're not like that. No, I think it's more like you're so angry. It's yeah. you've got so many emotions that you just want to fucking kill someone. It's not I, I actually gonna calculate to, you know, go and do this. I think it just comes from that intense emotion. And that is probably the worst possible thing you could do because someone's just hurt. You know what I mean? And I think that's yeah. it's so all emotional based. Yeah, it's not like that your, premeditated, like... Oh, no, pre- no. Yeah. <laughs> it's your brain's way of saying, 
Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how much I feel towards you. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I could do. It's because if mm. you turned around and, and you went, you've really hurt me so much, I could just buy you a bun. I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying it. What, why would you want to buy them a fucking bun? A bun? Well, okay, a bar of chocolate. I got, oh, you hurt me so much now, I could buy you a bar of chocolate. Yeah, that's true. I, 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 can't, I can't relate to I want to burn mm. you. I want to. I just want to. I want to. I want to put a marshmallow as you're burning them. <laughs> Don't run away. Don't run away. Don't be like the zebra. Don't be running away. And there, as I'm burning you alive with my marshmallow. Mm. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Ridiculous thoughts, but we think the real. You know, mm. I think we could do this shit. We've never done it. Like. You know, again, all <laughs> percentage of people do it, but I yeah. don't know anyone who's done it. That's the truth. And I know a lot of people with BPD. I don't know anybody. I wouldn't fucking talk. Yeah. That's the truth. I wouldn't talk. Mm. That's a very immoral human being. I want nothing got to do with people like that. Yeah. But the rest of us who unfortunately are fucking thrown into the same net. That's, yeah. That's what this podcast <laughs> is about to kind of go. Yeah, we shouldn't be in here. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like, okay, these thoughts aren't nice. If you, I don't want to say normal people, but, you know, if you if you have these conversations with someone that does not suffer with BPD, they look at you like thinking, what is this? What's wrong with this person? Like, why? what do they mean? They're horrible. And then that's when we get put into those into those sort of circles and I think I said to you the other day that I've never felt more (laughs) at home um comfortable with other people as to when I was sitting in dbt group with a whole heap of other bpd sufferers or I was on the mental health ward um because you can talk about suicide oh how'd you try to do it (laughs) it's like when you're in jail or what brought you in here you have those same conversations in the mental health ward, but you get to share, okay, yeah, I, I tried to do it this way. Okay, why did you do that? Okay, and then you have these in-depth conversations with strangers really, but they yeah. can relate to you. They're like, do you know what? That is fucking shit. Um, I validate you. You know what I mean? I think that's another huge thing that we can talk about another time, but it's it's not in normalizing it, but you're giving it's a safe space to talk about it without being judged. I think that's the best way to look at it. And I think, you know, make, creating these communities, we do have intrusive thoughts. We do do things that aren't probably, I don't want to say they're not acceptable, but, you know, people don't understand and we have. <laughs> they're not acceptable. <laughs> they're not. Let's just put that one out. Yeah. When you're doing anything antisocial, it's not acceptable. Impulsive behaviors, yeah. 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 You're sort of you're looking for trouble, and people can't really relate. So it's you know, let's chat about it, let's talk about it, let's. Yep. Do you know what? That's probably not the best thing to do in that situation. How can we help you do it differently next time? Um, what did you do when you were doing this and you wanted to, you know? Okay, I've got an impulse to get in my car, drunk, and drive 500 kilometers this way. That's stupid. <laughs> we all know that. But, okay, if that happens next time or has that happened to you, 
how do I do it differently? How do I stop myself from doing that? So that's it. That's it. And, and yeah. Again, that's what I hope to. And now we mm-hmm. hope to do. We uh, <laughs> we hope to do with this uh, podcast and the Instagram and mm. Facebook or whatever. Um, yeah, is to normalize this because mm. we don't. Yes, look, I'm not saying I was a nightmare. I was an absolute mm. nightmare. I done all mm. the things on social. I done them. Mm. Uh, you know, and then thankful. Thankfully, I say thankfully. Well, when when I gave up the drink, but I gave up the drink because of my wrist. Mm. But then I re- I stopped doing ninety five percent of them things that I shouldn't have been doing. Uh, you no, know, ninety five percent was a pretty fucking huge thing to be doing to give yeah. up. By giving up, by giving up one thing, I reduced ninety five percent of all the things I did. Mm. Yeah, you know, one thing. Um, so yeah, look, I think that'll we'll have to wrap it up, or it'll be it'll be like yeah. a twenty-four hour podcast. Yeah, it's dark outside now. <laughs> there you go. And I have to go and do my shopping. So <laughs> um, let's make uh, let's make, let's hopefully it'll uh, make this a, a weekly thing. You know, let's make it a thing where we can do. You're and, pushing it. You're pushing it. <laughs> No, no, I I eventually want to, if I'm being honest, because it took me long enough for you to come onto the podcast. Um, I don't give a shit about you, me, and BPD in a sense of it's mine, mine, it's all mine. <laughs> I couldn't give a shit about something. What I hope to get is in time, me, you, and someone else will come on as a guest. Yeah. I didn't tell you this, but now you know. <laughs> You know, that it grows. Mm. That's what I want to say. Yeah. Grow. That it's not just me. It's that in time, mm. you're a woman. So you'll be able to give, I can't give a woman's perspective on something. Yeah. And I feel we feel things differently. You know, we are wired differently. Um, yeah. 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 I want, that's what I want is that if someone mm. comes on, it's me and you, and, and uh, you know, they're chatting. I'd probably, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'm gonna go and have a cup of coffee. I'll come back in a few minutes. <laughs> but I feel like it is. I mean, you were talking to someone the other day and saying, you know, I've had pretty much every aspect of things happen in my life so I can relate to it. Whereas then me on on the other side, well, I've had a whole heap of other different experiences. You know, you probably can't relate to. Oh no. You know, sexual harassment, you know, uh, assault or any of that yeah. kind of stuff. So, yeah, it does bring that other perspective. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's call it again. I want to thank very much for coming on because now you're part of the podcast. So do we thank each other or what do we do? You, me, and BPD is the worst produced podcast on the planet. Not going to get any fucking jazz. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. <laughs>